Hello, and welcome to the 36th episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I am Daniel. And I am Melissa. Hi, babe. Hello there. Hi, how was your week? It was awesome. Was it? Yeah. I know, because you got to spend a lot of time with me. A little bit. Lucky you. Yeah, it's always it's always a pleasure, pleasure, and uh, <laughs> and a curse, and a curse, <laughs> a pleasure and a curse to hang out with your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's just get to a shout out, shall we? We shall, shall we? Shall. <laughs> oh my god! I can't talk. You can't. Holy crap! Okay. So this is from I think it's lots of RXS. So lots of prescriptions. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Whatever keeps you going. (laughs) Seriously. And the title is, okay, it's five stars. And the title is, I can't believe you aren't famous. (laughs) I can't. You know what? Lots of prescriptions. I can't believe we're not famous either. I know. (laughs) All right. So this says, first thing, you two have a great rapport. You two are hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. I think it's 20 years of being together. That'll yeah, do that something. to you. We got to do something. Right. Secondly, you choose fantastic crimes. Well, not fantastic. They're all horrible. <laughs> and you tell them very well. Well, thank you. That Oh, gosh. You, that's do, all. The, you do tell them very well. I really, really try hard. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't believe that I was maybe one of 12 listeners. You are. I live in Orange County, so I'll be sure to let everyone know that I was one of the first people on earth to know how rad you two are. Oh, my gosh. She must be our age if she's using rad. Rad. Mm -hmm. We should start using that more. We should. And then it says, kidding, slam to OC, compliments to you both. Keep it up, fellow parents. Nice. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, fellow breeder. Yeah. (laughs) You have fellow breeder. Nice. Breeders unite. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, if you'd like to be featured on one of our episodes, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Five stars, please. Or four and a half. No, let's just do five. Okay, five. Okay. All right, Daniel, you got some factoids for me? Yep. It's Christmas time. I'm sure there was toys you wish you got when you were a kid. I can't remember. I know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was so long ago. My mother is going to be cringing when I say I can't remember because they tried really hard to give us fabulous Christmases. So I was looking up all the awesome toys, most of which they don't make anymore because they're horribly bad and dangerous. Like a Chucky doll? I don't I don't see these as that bad, though. Okay. Not going to come alive and kill you? Like, okay, here we go. This is called the Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Lab Kit. <laughs> this was uh circus 1950 to 50 circa 1950 to 51 i bet ted kaczynski asked for that for a christmas present it uh it actually Do you know who ted kaczynski is yeah the unabomber yeah okay he's a bad guy yeah okay um this kit actually included radioactive uranium ore oh my goodness it doesn't seem that bad no <laughs> okay. it's a really cool kit is it still for sale, like on eBay? No. Okay. I'm going to show you a picture of it real quick. I know I this get, doesn't translate. I get pictures? Okay, yeah. I'll post these okay. on Instagram. That's <gasps> the picture. Oh, my god. How cool gosh. is that? That is pretty cool. So this thing, it looks like 
a crazy science experiment kit you would expect from the 50s. It looks like a flux capacitor. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, I don't see anything wrong with lawn darts. No, lawn darts And I don't know why amazing. they got rid of them. You know 1980 why? to 1988, I believe, was the time range on that. I can tell you exactly why they got rid of them. The lawn dart sticking out of your kid's head? Exactly. And it was featured in one of the Friday the 13th. That's how somebody really? was murdered was a lawn dart. Are you serious? Yes, I swear. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. I'm just going to turn right. all of this back to movies. It, no, that's why I brought you along because okay. uh, you know all that stuff and I'm horrible <laughs> at it. So You are. You can't remember anything. All right, here's one that does still exist that you're going to love. Okay. And it's called the Daddy Saddle. Tell me, Tell me you've heard of that. A Daddy Saddle? Yeah, like it... a fanny pack? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but here's a picture of it. Is it a toy? It is a saddle <gasps> you wear, I would wear, and your kid rides your back. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. It's much cleaner than the name. 19, yeah, that's what I was, 1965. It says, now every child's favorite game, horsey, comes to life. There you go. That's really cool. Right. I've never seen one of those. I wish we had gotten one. That's pretty And then pretty we cool. could have gotten pictures of our kids on my back. Well, we could still get one. We could, except then I really would have back issues. <laughs> Then one of them would break your back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's do two saddles at once. Oh, oh, boy. So right. many so many thoughts in my head with this name. With the daddy saddle? Yeah. Okay, we got to get on to something else or I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> okay, so how about the E.T. finger light? <laughs> so E.T. was uh, 1982. <laughs> this one, I'm I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Here's what you could see might be wrong with this particular device. Okay. <gasps> it looks like a toy you give your wife on an anniversary. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <gasps> and no, bet, that's not what it is. That's what it looks like. I bet people used it and probably burnt oh their cervix. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. That's awful. <laughs> so that I don't see anything wrong with that. Seems perfectly oh. reasonable. Oh. E.T. was popular. I'm, I'm on fire a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Is that too much? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about aqua dots? Do you remember aqua dots? That sounds very familiar. Okay. These were awesome. You'd spray them with water. And they would start to stick together and you could form shapes with them. Okay. Do you know what was wrong with them? No. The coating would start to come off and it would release GHB, which happens to be the date rape drug. <gasps> so your kids were getting high. So the kids would put it in their mouth, of course, because they're little kids. Oh, no. And then they would start to ingest this chemical, which... Makes you loopy, makes you yeah. forget things. So oh, that's that. awful. That one's probably good that they got rid of it. Yeah. Did you ever have a rollerblade Barbie? Yes. You did? Yes. I of course. These are the ones that had like almost like a cigarette lighter um, oh, no. thing on the bottom. And if you'd roll them, it would send out a shower of sparks. No, I didn't have the which fancy. Which of course would ignite things. I didn't so that have was, the, uh, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. I didn't have the fancy rollerblade Barbie. I think I had the accessory rollerblades. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. I wish they made these. I'm going to look and see if I can find them for our kids. It's okay. almost like a gag gift. Okay. <laughs> Moon shoes. 
The ones that you jump up and down? Yeah. They're individual trampoline shoes. Oh, that's cool. No, it's not. Oh. It's goofy looking. Okay. Is it dangerous? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But they're out there just kind of jumping, kind of little bouncy shoe things with little mini trampolines under them. I think that sounds fun. They keep them busy for a while. Well, not our kids. They would use them for two minutes and be like, I'm bored. I think the toy guns from the 50s are amazing. Like the wooden ones? No, no. They had carbide ones, which uh, would actually shoot like golf balls. Not golf balls. (laughs) They'd shoot ping pong balls. (laughs) The problem is that they used calcium carbide, which if it gets wet, explodes. So there's that. Okay. So they stopped making that kind of stuff for your kids. So they would go to shoot the ping pong ping pong ball, and if the ping pong ball was wet, it would explode. Yeah, the, the calcium carbide, once it mixes with water, it explodes. That's dangerous. Yeah, so, I mean, that seems reasonable to give to your kid. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd probably still give it to ours. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens, kids. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm digging the atomic lab, personally. Okay. All right. I'm sure they do sell lab things, but I think you make slime and all that really annoying stuff. Probably. Yeah. How about a giant inflatable sinking Titanic water slide? <laughs> what? That's in, oh, good, that's in good taste. <gasps> oh, that's awful. Like people sliding down the deck as it's going down. Okay, but the deck is brown, so it looks like people are sliding down poop. Well, I would have Did crapped you, myself if I was on the... <laughs> on the real Titanic. Well, because it's wood. Yeah, because of the deck. No, but it looks like they're sliding down poop. Well, okay. You guys, okay, I'm posting all these. That That is... Yeah, I don't like that. The 33-foot tall model, which I think is what you have to get. It's around six to seven grand. That is... It's kind of scary. It looks like a freaking boat sinking into your front lawn the only time you would use that is if you were throwing your kid like a titanic birthday party or as a joke or just to have is that the skyline of new york behind it i don't know because <laughs> weren't they on their way to new york yeah <laughs> so anyway is there anything else i think that's about it for gifts for gifts back in the awesome day toy gifts Yeah, I just know our toys lasted longer than toys these days. That's true. Toys are made really crappy now. Yeah. That's why we don't get our kids toys. We give them rubber bands and rocks. Yeah. Paper clip and a rubber band. Entertain yourself for an hour or two. That's all you need. Didn't you give a child one time when before we had kids, you gave them like a two by four, a hammer and nails? Didn't you give a kid that as a gift one time for their birthday? I don't remember. But okay, that would be I a, remember. That and, would be a great gift. And the parents were awesome, and they thought that that was so cool. I, I'm sure I did. You did. You did. That doesn't seem unreasonable, does it? No. I mean, how are you going to learn good hand-eye coordination unless you're hitting a nail with a hammer? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're going to smash your finger, but eventually you'll learn. Yeah. I mean, it's a learned. Right. It's a learned skill. Yeah. Okay. Carpentry. Yeah. all right well that was fun babe thank you for taking me down memory lane there you go go get your et light finger (laughs) your et finger light i can't wait for people to see the picture of that (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh nice Mm. all right thanks babe all right you're welcome
Daniel, you ready for my case? Yep, go ahead and smother me with it. (laughs) Okay, this is the case of Christopher and Teresa Lockhart. On Tuesday, October 24th, 2017, in the city of Portage, Michigan, at around 11 a.m., police officers were knocking on the front door of a two-story home on Poplar Bluff Court in Kalamazoo County. Police had been called to the residence to perform a wellness check on 47-year-old Christopher Lockhart. As a condition of his bond, Chris was required to wear an ankle monitor all day, every day. He had been arrested for drunk driving at the end of July of the same year. Oh. With his ankle monitor, police were tracking Chris's every move while he was out on probation. They noticed that Chris's monitor hadn't been active in roughly 24 hours. Police entered the home and were making their presence known going in and out of living spaces and bedrooms. An officer made their way to the basement door and proceeded down into the darkness. They noticed the exercise equipment and a male body hanging from a rope tied to the wooden rafters. Oh, that's typical. Yeah. After closer inspection, it was confirmed that it was the lifeless body of Christopher Lockhart. What a tragic end to a tragic year for the Lockhart family Not only had they been dealing with mental illness and a severe alcohol dependency, 44-year-old Teresa Lockhart, Chris's wife of 10 years, had been missing for five months. Oh, no. She had disappeared without a trace. Guess who the number one suspect was? Was it Christopher? It was Christopher Lockhart. Dang it. In 2006, 33-year-old Spanish teacher Teresa Hugh was ready to find the love of her life and signed up on a dating website. Mm-hmm. We actually have lots of friends who've met on dating websites. We did not. We met in a bar. No, we met at a dinner party. At a bar. It was a restaurant, kind of. And then we went to a bar. Yeah, but we didn't meet in the bar. Okay. Well, okay. We met in, with food and drinks. Yeah. It but wasn't we like do- we picked each other up in a bar. That's true. We met the old-fashioned way. Right. That's what I was getting at. But we do have a lot of friends that have met on dating websites. Oh, gosh, yeah. And are relatively happy. Yeah. Or they seem happy on social media. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think so, too. So much easier. Only a few days later, she was matched with 37-year-old recent divorcee and father of two young children, Chris Lockhart. Chris was a scientist for a pharmaceutical manufacturer. Interesting fact. You ready for this? Yes. Portage, Michigan is known for their pharmaceutical manufacturing and celery agriculture. In February of 2021, President Joe Biden visited Portage to commemorate the production of the Pfizer vaccine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Did you say celery? Celery. Celery agriculture. And pharmaceuticals. Yes. Gotcha. They're like on two opposite spectrums. I was going to say, they're very similar, except for not. Right. Chris and Teresa bonded over their shared passion for superhero and science fiction movies and anything that kept them active outdoors. Cool. Teresa was described as very quiet, an introvert with a big heart, and extremely loyal, especially when it came to her Catholic faith. After a few months, Chris and Teresa were in love. Teresa felt very safe with Chris. 
He never judged her when it came to her severe anxiety and was always there to help Teresa through one of her panic attacks. With therapy and the proper medication, Teresa had been thriving for years living with her mental illness and never letting it stop her from fulfilling her goals in life. That's awesome. Especially her career goals. In 1991, after graduating high school, Teresa went to college to study Spanish and business. Teresa eventually earned a double master's degree in education and a Spanish degree. Nice. Yeah. After graduation, Teresa became a Spanish teacher. Teresa had even began working towards her doctorate in Spanish. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. After what? I was going to say for someone who doesn't speak Spanish to learn all that and be that educated in it, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And being from California, we should know Spanish, but right, I know barely any. You know all the Spanish names for f- Hispanic food. I do like Mexican foods. And I stuff. do because that's all I really that's need. Im- that's important. Queso. A lot of queso. A lot of queso. <laughs> After six months of dating, Teresa asked Chris to marry her. He accepted the proposal. And on October 13th of 2007, the couple were married at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. It was a small and intimate wedding, and the couple were so happy to finally start their lives together. The couple bought a nice home in Portage and began the daunting task of trying to build a family of their own. After a year of trying to get pregnant, Teresa was hit with the devastating news that due to a medical condition, she was unable to get pregnant. Oh, that's a bummer. The news rocked the couple, but in true Teresa fashion, she allowed herself to move on and throw herself into her career in outdoor activities. Nice. Outdoor activities, they love to hike. They love to run. She did marathons all the time. Yeah. She loved Zumba, loved to dance. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Zumba is not really an outdoor activity, but she loved doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. The couple had been married for close to nine years when Chris's mother passed away. She had always played a pivotal role in Chris's life. And after her unexpected death, Chris dove headfirst into a very dark depression. Uh Uh-oh. Chris was drinking heavily and retreated into himself, not allowing anyone to console or comfort him especially not Teresa. Teresa did not understand why Chris chose to pull away from her at a time he should have needed her the most. But Teresa chose not to share her relationship struggles with anyone, not even her close friends and family, choosing instead to pretend that everything was fine. That's it. That's really hard when you have a friend who's struggling and you have no idea why because they're just not telling you. Yep. And I think a majority of it is because of embarrassment, but you can't go through something like that on your own. You can't. No. You need help. And the people who are closest to you are supposed to be the ones that come up beside you and are non-judgmental and just want to be there for you. Right. So find your people. Yeah, because otherwise it'll it's probably going to eat her alive, Right. Right. Eventually, it was too much for Teresa to bear, and she ended up checking herself into a mental facility for a few days. Teresa came home from the facility renewed and ready to tackle the issues in her marriage. Teresa fought for she and Chris's marriage, 
sing counselors and encouraging Chris to get help for his depression. Chris instead chose to spiral even further into his alcoholism, and Teresa even suspecting that Chris had been seeing other women behind her back. Uh Uh-oh. She had found some evidence on his computer. Can't you wipe that stuff clean? Yeah, but he probably doesn't care. Yeah, that's true. Get to the point where you don't care. I mean, if he's already just kind of letting himself go, right? then he already doesn't care. It's true. Right? Mm-hmm. If he cared, he wouldn't do it, or at least he would try and hide it better. Or he just wouldn't do it. Or he just wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Chris ended up moving out of the couple's home for six months to get himself back on the straight and narrow. Or crooked and wide. True. Yeah. Yeah. Whichever. After Chris moved back, the couple renewed their commitment to their marriage and began trying to build a new foundation. On Friday, May 19th, 2017, Teresa did not show up to teach her Spanish class at Schoolcraft High School. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, the school's called Schoolcraft. (laughs) Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft School. I'm sorry, but that's like the worst name I've ever heard for school. (laughs) Yeah, I think if you spent a little bit more time, you could come up with something, but whatever, I guess. Like, is it a school for crafts? Like, do you just do crafts all day? Yeah, and then do you say, I go to the Schoolcraft School? Yeah, I go to the school craft school. Or do you just say I go to the craft school? Yeah, that's a weird name. <laughs> Sorry for all of those. Of I you know. That, uh, if you go to school craft, I'm school sure it's a lovely school. school. Yeah. I mean, it's in Michigan. I'm sure it's a great school. It's just a really funky name. Okay. Uh, it does get cold there. Yeah. Which what has is- nothing to do with naming it. But I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> they had tried her cell phone, but there was no answer. The next day, May 20th, Teresa was a no-show at a very important meeting with her school's administration. Teresa had been feeling that the current school environment was not working for her anymore, and she was asking to move to another school. Do you think it was the name? I'm sure 99% of it was the name. Mm -hmm. She had only taught at this particular school for two years. That's a short amount of time. Yeah. That's a short amount of time to really know if you like it. Yeah. Later that day, a colleague called the Portage Public Safety Department and asked them to perform a wellness check on Teresa, which is really cool. Just after two days of not seeing her, they're like, something's wrong. We got to figure this out. Probably. They can't get a hold of her. They can't reach anyone else. Right. She's not there. Right. The safety department went to the Lockhart home and was greeted by Chris. He told them that Teresa had left the night of Thursday the 18th. She had packed her bags, walked out the front door, and drove away. She did not tell him where she was going, but he knew she was having anxiety about leaving her job and still reeling from the pain of having to put down one of her cats. Uh Uh-oh. Chris assumed Teresa was either going to a friend's house or checking herself into a facility, like she had done before. Teresa had taken her cell phone, her purse and driven away in her gray 2006 Volkswagen Golf. Okay. Investigators began calling friends and family, but no one had heard from Teresa for a few days. An APB had been put out on Teresa's car. At 7.15 p.m. the same night, like the same night that they had talked to her husband, Right. Teresa's car was spotted a few miles from her house at a park-and-ride. Uh-oh. 
Mm, The car was empty. No sign of Teresa. Investigators called local mental health facilities and learned that Teresa had never checked into any of them. Immediately, suspicion falls onto Chris. Because, you know, the husband always did it. He always does. Yeah, the husband did it, right? Police interview Chris, and he became very withdrawn and said that he doesn't remember anything about Teresa leaving. Oh. So now he doesn't remember anything. Right. So everything he said before, he just changed his story. Right. Gotcha. To investigators, Chris's demeanor is different than what was normally expected from a husband whose wife is missing. Yeah. The local media soon pick up, picked up the story of the local high school Spanish teacher who was missing under suspicious circumstances, and the story went viral. Yeah. On June 1st, a prayer vigil was held for Teresa. Chris did not attend that prayer vigil. What? It became clear to Chris that he was the prime suspect in Teresa's disappearance and told police he had said enough and that now he would not be talking with them without a lawyer present. Okay, so let's say I was accused for your disappearance, or at least suspected. Well, you did it, so. Right. Okay. But let's assume I didn't do it. Oh, okay. And everyone is interviewing me. It would be weird to show up. I don't know. I think it'd be almost just as weird for him to show up as to not show up. Yeah. Because if every if you know everyone thinks you did it and then you show up, it's like the murdering husband shows up to his wife's funeral and everyone knows he didn't did right. it. Right. Right. But then there's you know, half the people think it's weird if right. you don't show up. And if you did show up, half the other people would think that it was weird that you showed up. Yeah. Like you could never win. No. It's right? impossible. Yeah, it's impossible so to win the, the judgment. Lack of the the lack of action was probably the easier choice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Investigators begin interviewing Chris and Teresa's neighbors. Most of them had heard fighting coming from the residents on a regular basis and even hearing Chris screaming at Teresa on several occasions. Oh, boy. Here it goes. You know what? Your neighbors are are going to know what's going on. Yep. Especially if you leave the doors open or you go outside in the backyard to fight. Like, your neighbors know what's going on. I don't know how people do it in like an apartment complex, you know, with kind of thin walls and everything. Well, you got to hear like everyone oh. fighting and yelling and, and anything that happens. You'd and be able adult to hear. aerobics. Yeah. That is what would be embarrassing. Yeah. You'd be like, it looks like the, you know, the Smiths have their aerobics class going again. <laughs> you want to show them up? <laughs> yeah. See? So I don't know. It's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. At least we like our neighbors. You know, one neighbor recalling that she had seen the couple fight on their front lawn around 4 p.m. the day Teresa disappeared. See, no good can come from fighting on a front lawn. No, at least go on your back. Even if you settle it and you're happy afterwards, it's just you're setting yourself up for failure. How embarrassing. Exactly. Oh, that just that already is giving me like armpit sweat just thinking about that. At least organize it. Say, all right, we're going to go have a fight outside. But we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to a remote area mm-hmm. where I can strangle you. And then <laughs> we'll have a quiet fight. <laughs> Sorry, go oh, ahead. Oh, gosh. 
Chris obviously drunk and not caring who was watching or listening. Ah, there it is. Police found a prior domestic violence charge from November of 2016 against Chris for putting his hands on Teresa. Mm -hmm. Chris had pled guilty to simple assault, but Teresa dropped the charges and Chris walked away with no jail time. But he did have to do 10 hours of community service. Friends and family had no idea. Oh, wow. Nobody knew that this had happened. Two weeks after Teresa's vanishing, it is leaked to the local media that Chris is officially a person of interest. Hmm. I wonder who leaked that. Any number of lots of people in yeah. the law enforcement community. On June 7th, three weeks after Teresa disappeared, police were granted a warrant to search the Lockhart's home. After 30 hours of searching top to bottom, they found nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Huh. You'd think they'd find something. Right. They found nothing. Okay. Nothing that would lead to an arrest of Chris. Boy, that's a tough break. Yeah. Over two months had passed after Teresa had gone missing, and there were still no leads. On July 31st, Chris was arrested for driving while intoxicated. Chris spent a few days in jail, and investigators tried to use Chris's time behind bars to not only sober him up, but hopefully get him to admit to Teresa's disappearance. No such luck. Chris was given an ankle monitor and spent the next couple months being closely monitored. Nice. All right, so I'm taking you back to the scene. All right. All right, you ready? Let's go back to the future. Okay. Chris had been dead for up to 12 hours before police found him hanged. He had died from asphyxia by hanging. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes. Did you know there are two types of hanging? No. Okay. Number one, suspension hanging, which is the suspension of the body by the neck using a rope or other ligature. It is designed to kill the person in three ways. Compression of the carotid arteries, the jugular veins, or the airway. 11 pounds of pressure is needed to compress the carotid artery, 4.4 pounds for the jugular veins, and 15 kilograms for the airway. Did you know that? No, I did not. The average death taking more than four minutes. Okay, so that's just hanging and slowly strangling. Yes, yes. All right. Isn't that awful? Kind of. Four minutes. All right. So what's the other hanging? Okay. The other hanging is a drop hanging. Ah, okay. So like movies. Right. Which is frequently used in executions. Ah. Yes. It was designed to break the neck by a vertical fall with a rope around participant's neck. I love how they said participant, like they're choosing to be executed. We're looking for yeah. a participant. And per, 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 I can't talk. Yeah. Looking for a participant tonight. Yeah. Um, do like we you're have at any a, volunteers. Like you're at a magic show. Yeah. <laughs> do we have any participants tonight? Which, when tightens, has a force strong enough to snap the spinal cord and result in death? There it is. Because they're trying to do it painlessly. Right. Mm-hmm. It just. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> The length of the rope is calculated by the person's height. It must be short enough to allow a less painful death, but long enough to avoid leaving the person alive and basically strangling to death. Huh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, what about like 
bungee bungee jumping from around the neck without a bungee rope. That's it. That's drop hanging. Yeah. Because you're trying to but break I mean, if your you're spinal just cord. Really long. It's gonna no matter what. There, there's no way they're gonna survive that. No, no. There are people that have survived the suspension hanging, which is used for um, suicides. Yeah. And it's awful and horrible, and nothing good can come from doing that. No. Not at all. Mm-mm. You are taller afterwards, though. No. <laughs> My gosh. No, you're not. You're not? I just (laughs) figured, you know, it's like the chiropractor is going to really... Oh, goodness. No? No. Okay. All right. Lying next to Chris's body were two notes. One was a suicide letter, and one was a hand-drawn map. Ooh, I like maps. Want to know what Chris wrote in that letter? I would love to know that. All right. Well, I'm going to read it to you now. Oh, good. Was it a treasure map? No, it was not a treasure. Well, yes, I guess it kind of was a treasure map. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Here we go. All right. I killed her the night of 5-18-17. Uh-oh. I choked her to death downstairs. I was drunk, and we were arguing, and I snapped. I took her body to the Allegan game area the next day and buried her there. I am so sorry for this horrible act. I apologize to her mother, friends, family, and the community for this senseless act. I live with it every moment of the day, and I miss her so much. I didn't put her first. That was my biggest mistake. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not horrible. A little bit. Okay. And the hand-drawn map was a route to Teresa's body. Of course it was. Located 50 miles away from their home in Allegan State Game Area. Here's a, I'm going to read to you a little note that he wrote next to the map to the lead detective on Teresa's case. Oh my gosh. Detective Hess, I'm sorry for taking her away from everyone. Find her and put her to rest. I had no right to do what I did. I pray that God forgives me. I love her so much. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not horrible. A little bit. Later that evening on Tuesday, October 24th, 159 days after she had gone missing, the remains of Teresa Lockhart were found in a shallow grave only 60 seconds into the search in exactly the location that Chris had drawn on his map. Oh, my gosh. Teresa's autopsy report states that her remains were severely decomposed and most of what was left was skeletal. Her cause of death was homicide and the manner of death was asphyxia due to strangulation. There it is. Just like you've Uh, always said that strangulation is usually done by a loved one or someone who's close. Strangulation is personal. Yeah, personal. I'm sorry. That's what that was. Yeah, Yeah, that's really sad. I guess you couldn't really say it's done by a loved one because you obviously don't love the person. Way of displaying love. And just the fear. I just can't imagine. You know, strangulation usually takes over four minutes. Usually, like you go unconscious after, I think it was 14 seconds, you go unconscious. There's still just 14 seconds of pure terror. Pure terror. You are looking at this person who you've loved or has been in your life, and you're looking at them, and all you're thinking is, "They're, they're killing me. What is the look that they see looking back at them? Which one? 
like imagine his face that she's looking into as oh, he's yeah. doing that to her, what that looks like. Yeah, it's anger. Because rage, he's obviously just hate. completely lost it. Right. What are those eyes that you see? Right. They must be like shark's eyes. There's no soul behind those eyes. Right. Ugh, just frightening. Ready for a fun fact? Um, yeah, after <laughs> okay. that. Chris was a big fat cheater. He was a big fat cheater. Okay. He had had profiles on multiple dating site sites since he and Teresa had gotten married. Are you serious? After he viciously murdered Teresa, he began contacting past women he had dated, making sure to behave like the greedy grieving widow he should be, but slipping up and telling one woman that Teresa was a freaking nutcase. But he used the bad word. Oh. Yeah. What a piece of crap. Wouldn't you run? Yes. The other way. I mean, just yeah. delete immediately. Yeah. If they're talking bad about their ex-spouse, then they're more than likely going to talk bad about you. Only this is the ex-spouse that is gone. Yeah. This is the one that's disappeared. Right. And he's calling her a freaking nutcase. Yeah. Like, even if he believes that, he shouldn't be sharing that with anybody. She's gone. When you say, missing. well, shouldn't you, instead of doing this with me, shouldn't you be out looking for her? Oh, ding, ding, ding. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's a giant red flag. Oh, yeah. Huge. Don't know where my wife is, but she's a nutcase. You want to go out? Right. You want to make out? I want to make out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Another fun fact. Oh, good. Did you know that if your house is searched by the police department, FBI, anything like that, they are not responsible to clean up your house or they what? are not required to clean up your house? I thought they cleaned your house. Nope. You must do that yourself. Even if they don't find a single piece of evidence, it's like, sorry about the mess, but you understand. <laughs> hmm. If they come in, search through your house, they don't rip put they Everything don't put anything out. back. They don't put anything back. Makes sense. That's left up to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Because how, what are they going to do? Like, They should hire not... a cleaning service to come in and put all your crap back. Yeah, but they're not. It's not dirty. They're just no. I, it is unorganizing dirty. it. It is dirty. They're wearing their big old boots. and They probably wipe their... their feet. Well, yeah, and they're wearing gloves. God forbid something happened and our house gets searched and all of our stuff is ripped out. That's going to make me so mad. Well, it's not like they're going to be jumping up and down on our bed. Well, they might take a nap. Oh, that'd be weird. <laughs> no, they weird. wouldn't take our, They wouldn't take a nap. Huh. No, I just never thought that. I never even questioned that. I just assumed they cleaned it up. I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah sounds about right. All right. Well, this was a short one. So, Daniel, what do you think of my case? That was pretty interesting. Wasn't it, It's though? crazy that he snapped in the end. Yeah. From the hanging. Oh. Snack, snap. Never mind. <laughs> I thought you meant like snapped and killed he Teresa. He did. That was a double. Mm -hmm. Double, double entendre. Yes. Is that the word? Is that the fancy word? It is. Oh, all right. Good job. Thank you. English is my Use first language. entendre in a sentence. <laughs> Our podcast recommendation of the week. This week's recommendation goes to Morbid Podcast. Morbid is huge in the podcast world, but the show was the very first true crime podcast I ever listened to. 
And I, I binged I every that. episode in a few months. Yeah. I didn't see much of you. I should say I saw you, but it wasn't like you were here. No. You saw me with headphones in. Yeah. Like, or not okay, headphones. Well, what are they called? S- I'm going to sleep now. AirPods. Yeah. Is that what we use Earbuds, now? Earbuds, AirPods, whatever right. device. But not headphones. Those are old school. Usually headphones you think of as having a cord or a wire going okay. to the device. I miss those ones because those AirPods hurt my ears. Oh. Maybe I have the wrong AirPods. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, Morbid does not need us to shout them out. They are huge and they are great. But just in case two of our 11 listeners have never heard of them, have never heard of them, <laughs> go check out Morbid. Let me read what they're about. It's a lighthearted nightmare in here, weirdos. <laughs> Morbid is a true crime, creepy history, and all things spooky podcast hosted by an autopsy uh, ugh, hosted by an autopsy technician and a hairstylist. Nice. Join us for a heavy dose of research with a dash of comedy thrown in for flavor. There you go. That was a good one. Yeah. I've never read that before. And they have 342 episodes. <laughs> We're getting there slowly. We have like five more years. Yeah. And their rating is explicit. So I don't really think it's that explicit. But, you know, just to be on the safe side, don't let your children listen unless you cuss regularly at home. In in the car. and Then who the F cares? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Right. All right, you guys try and follow us on Instagram. Till Death Do Us Part podcast. Good job. You got it. Barely. <laughs> Barely. kind of stumbled over it. <laughs> and we'd still like to do a quickie with our listeners. So send us some stories. Yep. Send us some crazy marriage stories. We would love that. Yep. So would everyone else. We want to hear your mess. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then we'll share our mess. Actually, yep. we share our mess with you every we single do. week. We do. Yes. It's just a big mess. Yeah. So email at us. Blah, blah, blah. Email us at till death do us part podcast at att.net. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you guys. And be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. Bye. Bye. Bye.